Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you will be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future, as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation, and today we're going to continue a conversation around generational discipleship. We started this a few episodes ago where we gave a, a broad overview of the subject. It's a message that we've carried for 29, 30 years now all over the world. Um, so we gave it a brief overview, but there's many different aspects to it and examples of it. And so this is going to go over a number of different episodes. Uh, today, we're going to talk about a specific example. And um, uh, and in each example, we're going to talk about slightly different angles mm-hmm. and what we can learn from those. Yeah. So uh, do you want to set um, sort of an overview uh, of who we're going to talk about today? Yeah, we're going to talk about Moses and Joshua specifically about raising the next generation of leaders and look and see what the Bible really says, starting off with who do we choose and how do we choose them. Mm. Um, And I I look around today and different nations, especially East and West, have different ways of choosing leaders, especially if you look in persecuted nations as opposed to Western-type nations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so start with looking how Moses chose Joshua. Yeah. Um, I think when Moses chose him, he was probably, um, and I put the inverted commas, an, an insignificant young man. I mean, it refers to him for quite a while as being a servant. So he obviously had a servant heart, and that's probably quite a big qualification for leadership, that they have a servant heart. And it's even questionable, actually, whether or not he did choose Joshua. Yeah, well, yeah, but anyway. it is very questionable about when he chose him or, or how he did. So, well, let's have a look at that. In Numbers twenty seven eighteen, it says, So the Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership, and lay your hand on him. So God chose Joshua, and he very specifically said to Moses, Take him. Now, we may... Um, Tread on some dangerous ground here, but hey, that's what we do. So, um, got to be willing to stir the pot from time to time. Yeah, stir the pot from. So, so what's a, a usual model? The usual model is there's a, a vacancy, um, fill in an application form, what educational qualifications you had, let, let's have an interview. What schools have you been to? Who have been your teachers? Yeah, um, what experience have you had, etc., etc. That would be if you're bringing in leadership. But if you look at Moses, or even just look at Jesus and how he chose the disciples, Jesus did only the things the Father told him. So presumably, just as Moses had heard from God and said, take Joshua. So Jesus too, as he was in communion with the Father, knew who was chosen mm. to come up as the next generation of leaders yeah. under him. Yeah, and so... Here we have an example of Moses having someone that God had chosen right. for him. So right. Moses didn't go out and say, let me find who I think is the best qualified person to take on leadership for me to raise up and eventually take over. Um, he didn't have his own set of qualifications. God said to him, pick this guy, have this one. And um, and like you said, we have our way of doing things. And uh, I wonder if people listening who are in leadership 
uh, whether that's in a charity, some sort of business, maybe the church, um, wherever you're a leader, I wonder if the team that you have put together would be the same as the team that God would have had you put together. Well, yeah. well I can answer that for me because the answer is no. Because if I look at the team of young men that Jesus raised up, and that was generational discipleship because they all outlived him. Um, when I look at the team that, that Jesus put together, it's a big stretch of my imagination to think I would have chosen them. Mm. I mean, you've got somebody who was stealing from people. You've got somebody who's going to betray him. You've got people who'd kind of failed all the educational qualifications as they wouldn't have been out there doing fishing. And, and you've got you've got the zealot who was a, a rebel. I mean, they just didn't mix, never mind, never mind about former team. Sound like a good bunch to me. Yeah, mm. well... <laughs> so, but Jesus did what the Father said and he, he called them to follow him. Um, and so I think yeah. the first challenge is how do we choose leaders? Do we start off in, in the place of saying, okay, God, who do you have as the leader or the leaders who are going to be coming up after me and I'm going to train and prepare um, for the future? Um and it's it's a big challenge. I mean, in in persecuted nations, in unreached nations, where where you haven't got all the educational facilities, I think they're far nearer the biblical model than we are in the West. Mm. And and I want to say straight away, I'm not saying the biblical model of the West is wrong. Um, but what we are saying is, let's at least start with what the Bible says and work from there. Mm. Yeah. So um, so having chosen Joshua, we then have to ask the question, how did he raise him up and how did he prepare him? Um, how many classes did he send him to? How many courses did he send him on? Um, all these, this is the way we think again mm. about preparing them and raising them. And so... You know, we're talking about discipleship, but actually the way that Moses trained Joshua was the same that Jesus trained the disciples. It was discipleship. Mm. And discipleship it was very, very different from preparing educationally. Isn't discipleship knowledge. going to a class there and reading a book? No. It's not. Oh, they, oh, they may have had the book to read. The disciples certainly would have had the, the Torah to read. But it wasn't how they were trained. It mm -hmm. was it was a part of it. Right. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. So Moses brought Joshua to walk right alongside him, brought it, him into his life, just as Jesus brought the disciples into his life. Mm -hmm. um, we haven't got this perfect by any means, but when we have people who are coming, and we call them as interns or coming for us to disciple them, um, we do it by saying, you have to live in a home with us. Right. Yeah. I mean, that that's a bit scary because if you bring someone close to you, they're going to see your life laid mm. out in full before in front of them. Well, they should see who you are before you even really say anything. Yeah. So sometimes, and we've done this a few times actually, where we've had an intern and, you know, we may have a couple days where they're hanging around doing stuff and then we'll have a team meeting and we'll say, okay, so from being in our house, and this is before we've gotten to doing any kind of training, we'd say, from being in our house, what have you observed? Hmm. 
So what have you seen that tells you something about us? And we would have them feed back to us the things that they've seen, which is quite interesting um, to see what is it that's, that's standing out to them before we even approach different trainings and things like that we're going to go yeah through. and we say to them can you see the message lived out in our house that we say on the platform because if you can't then we need to evaluate what we're doing mm. and so in a way um by moses bringing joshua right alongside him and we'll see in a minute just how closely he brought him joshua was able to start watching Moses' leadership. And, and it doesn't mean Moses had to be perfect or that we have or any leader has to be because as they see our imperfections and how we deal with them, that too is raising them up mm. to be the next generation of leaders. As they see our struggles and as they he saw Moses' struggles, I'm sure Joshua learnt a lot for the struggles that mm. were going to be in front of him. Yeah, we often say that to people is that mistakes aren't the problem. No. It's how we deal with them is the, the key thing. Yeah. And so we have an example then in Exodus seventeen fourteen. 14. Um, God speaks to the people and he says, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered. And then he adds a bit at the end and make sure that Joshua hears it. So God was saying to Moses, take Joshua on one side, make sure he hears it. And I should think by that it meant understood it. Hmm. Don't just speak to the people, take Joshua on one side. Yeah, I mean, and in a way, um, you know, Joshua is included in the first part, in the write this on the scroll as something to be remembered. I mean, by the people, hmm. uh, he is a part of them. Yes. But yeah, there's called a special attention now yes. to him. You know, this is, you know, go out of your way for him specifically. And again, as Jesus with the disciples, he had them on one side and he would talk to people and then he'd talk to them. And so, you know, as leaders, if we have a the next generation of leadership right alongside us, right in our lives, it's also taking them on side from time to time. I suppose you could call it debriefing. Mm. You know, we're big debriefers. And to debrief afterwards, what did you understand? Did you hear this? Is there something yeah. you, you don't know about? Um, I'd never thought of it like that. But it was, God is a debriefer. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So having Moses take him on one side, make sure he hears it, make sure he understands. And by hearing doesn't mean, oh, yes, I heard it. It means, did he understand? Did he really get this? Right, so let, let's go on to the next verse again. Exodus 24, 12 to 14 so God says to Moses come up this mountain and stay here and I'll give you the tablets of stone this is quite an event was about to unfold before them something obviously they'd never seen before and I don't know what Moses thinking was but I think one of the things he did is what we would do and he called the elders mm -hmm. and and the elders set out as you would because we're going to meet with God so we're going to take the elders with us. Yeah, that's yeah, not, to be expected. Yeah, that's not too radical. And it also says he set out with Joshua, his aide. So I don't know what role Joshua played, what he was doing, but he was the servant. And again, that's understandable because I don't know what they were taking up that mountain. But or their suitcases. Well, maybe the suitcases and their bottles of water. I don't mm. know how long it took them to get up that mountain. But obviously they needed Joshua to come and, and in through their eyes. He was probably coming as the servant and the one who was going to serve them on the way up. 
And so Moses goes up the mountain and um, he gets to a certain point and he said something that I think must have shocked everybody because he says to the elders, he said, wait here for us until we come back to you. Well, for a start, I think they'd have been a bit disappointed. Mm. I mean, hey, we were coming up and God's going to give you the stone and we thought we were going to be part of this and now you're saying stay here. But yeah, you're Moses, so off you go. Mm. But then it says he took Joshua with him. Mm. Now, I can't imagine that moment that the elders would look and they'd say, but we thought we were going, but no, okay, Moses is going. But uh, he's taken Joshua with him. Mm. And I think what we learn from this is wherever Moses went, Joshua went. Where Jesus went, the disciples went. And we're raising up the next generation of leaders where we go, they must go. Mm. Yeah. Which, I mean, this was to have an experience with God. Um, But, you know, we don't even have ours or people that we're mentoring or raising up come to just regular meetings. Mm. You know, we have to meet behind closed doors. Mm. Um, You know, we sometimes we wonder what it would look like if we went to a church or or meeting with an organization when we're meeting with the leadership, it was them and the people they're raising up uh, so they could be there, experience it, see what kinds of conversations happen. How do we interact? You know, what are the questions? What are some of the answers that are coming up? So sometimes we wonder what it would look like if you had an organization or a church that ran like that, where it's not just the leaders, but it's them and the people coming up after them. Yeah, because that's how they're going to learn. Mm. Um, I know, you know, I've had a lifestyle of if there's young people in my life where I go, they go. And you go into a leadership meeting and they'll come too. Now, nobody has ever questioned it. But it certainly isn't the normal mm. that we would take them with us, literally. You know, any meeting we're going to, any social event, we're going to a leader's thing, they'll come along. Mm. Because that is how they're going to learn. And so that lifestyle doesn't just mean taking them on one side and debriefing, but it means you take them where you are. Yeah, I guess an ex- another example from us is you know, when me and my sister were really young, um, we were mid-teens maybe younger young Young teens and we would be at conferences but you know all these leaders will want to meet with you and have a meeting with you and so you would say to them okay well while I'm meeting with this person you meet with Andrew or you meet with Della or Daniela um, and then once I'm finished and you're finished with them then you can meet with me Mm -hmm. and these leaders would be like mate what are you talking about I want to meet with you but you want me to meet with your 12, 13, 14 year old kids. Mm. <laughs> but it was you saying, no, look, they're the ones coming up after me. They should be having the same experiences that I'm having. Um, and so, but you could tell it was quite a foreign uh, concept for these leaders. They were like, well, what is going on right now? I mean, it'd be foreign for most people. We don't really see people doing this, but is another example from from our past. Yeah, and and it's setting them as priority. You know, I can think of occasions when we've been doing a conference and um, it might be a pastors and leaders conferences, but there's young people there mm-hmm. and they gradually move towards the front and they're listening. And, and I, I literally, and this is one example, I will say to them, hey, can I have lunch with you? And I'll be sitting at the table with them having lunch and talking to them. And, and 
this is an actual example where a leader came and said, oh, Daphne, can you just talk to me? Or can I just um, have a word with you? And I, I've said to them, just a minute, look, I'm just with these young people, just talking with them, and then I'll come and talk to you. Because although they're not my disciples, I am having that moment, having a part of their lives to raise them and prepare them mm. in the things that God has given me. And letting it be known that they are as important as anyone else. Yeah, letting them know, letting other people know. So if you're raising up a leader, um, and let's just talk about raising up one leader for the moment, um, they really are going to stick close to you and you're going to show them they're important. Why Why is it important we show them they're important? Because the day will come when they're raising up leaders and they need to show them they're important. If we haven't valued them, they're not going to pass on that value. Mm. Um, because raising up leaders is a relationship. It, it's discipleship. Mm. So I think, I often think with Moses, he... He had a task to do that we're being asked to do today. And, and I take great heart from that because Moses had to prepare Joshua. For in fact, these days we're living in now yeah. make this example even more important. I mean, it was important before, but the world we're going through now, the time ahead, yeah. uh, this is even more of a, uh, an example of how we need to be moving forward. Yeah. So Moses had to raise Joshua for a time he hadn't lived through, to lead a people he hadn't met, to fight battles he hadn't fought, to go into a land he'd never been in. I mean, this was quite some task. Yeah. And it, as you like you say, this is what we're needing to do with the next generation of leaders. We are entering a time. Um, we're now in a time. We're now in a time which um, we don't know anything about and it's going to get increasing. Well, we do know from the Bible we know about just as, just as with Abraham, Isaac, all of them, they knew they were going to enter a land. They knew there was a land that was promised so that so they had an idea just as we have an idea. Mm. But we're having to prepare this next generation of leaders like Moses um, for a time we haven't lived through to lead a people we haven't met to fight battles we haven't fought, mm. um, which seems a really scary thing to do. I mean, how do we do that? Um, how, do, how do we prepare them? How do we? And we've got to prepare ourselves to prepare them. So I take great heart from the fact that Moses did it. Mm. He did it, and he did it so well that um, two things, two particular things happened. God said to Joshua, after Moses had died, Today I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all people so that they may know that I am with you as I was with Moses. So, so much of Moses had rubbed off on Joshua. Mm. So much of who Moses was rubbed off on him. And God was saying, look, they're going to look at you and they're going to know that I'm with you like I was with Moses. You are going to be a mirror of this. People can have confidence in you because they see it. They can have confidence in you because they've seen you alongside Moses. They've seen you walk that path. Mm. And if the next generation of leaders are going to be un, are going to be honoured by the people, they need to see the confidence we have in them, and they need to see yeah. that they're a mirror of who we are. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes if 
if you're being raised up, but the main leader hasn't in front of other people kind of given you that authority, often they're not treated the same way. They're not treated with the same kind of respect. So like you said, for people to see you saying, no, this is the guy, it reinforces that uh, and gives them extra uh, boldness, extra strength, extra authority with the people because they see, oh, look, the main man has said, this is the guy, this guy, we need to be respecting him and doing what he's saying. So it, like I said, it's important that people recognize it. Yeah. I mean, Paul said, be imitators of me as I am of Christ, which I think is one of the scary verses of the Bible. And Moses saying, Joshua and Moses lived that because Moses, Joshua was imitating Moses, as it were. Mm. And he was becoming more and more like Moses in many ways. And I think with the next generation of leaders, we have to say, look, you can imitate me, you can follow me like I follow Christ. Mm. And that is a huge responsibility. So then there were times when Moses, Joshua actually said to the people, um, he said, remember what Moses said, remember what Moses did, Rem remember Moses. Uh, and in Joshua 8.35, it says, there was not a word of all that Moses had commanded that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly, including the women and the children. So That can't be right. Weren't the children in um, Sunday school? Don't go down that route <laughs> in this podcast, Andrew. We will address that at another time. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sorry, I thought you read it wrong. I just checking. <laughs> no, I read it very right. But um we will as I say, we will address that at okay. another time. All right, fine, carry on. Watch watch out for that episode. So yes, the women and the children were there, the whole assembly. And they heard what Moses had said. Hmm. So if we raise the next generation of leaders up when they move into leadership maybe with us or with somewhere else or after we've died, can they still live saying, just as Andrew told me, I know what to do. Just like Daphne mm. told me, I know what to do. And so I think the challenge of this is what we tend to do is raise the next generation up to do what we do. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of a like for like. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um I mean, that scripture we quote about David served the purpose of God in his generation. We haven't got to raise them up to serve the purpose of God in our generation. Because if Moses had done that, the children of Israel would still be walking around the desert, perhaps. Right, and God has different plans for each generation. One generation is building on the next. Yeah. You know, he, he's working things out to a, to a, an end outcome. Yeah. Uh, and that doesn't mean doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. So if we raise up the next generation to do what we do, to live our plans and our purposes, mm. well, we're going to be missing the target. Yeah. So that is a huge challenge, I think. So we have to go back to, do we know what we're raising them for? Mm. I mean, Moses knew clearly he was heading to the land that God had promised. Mm. He saw the land, but he never entered it. And we have to know what is God's vision, what are his plans, what are his purposes for the next generation, mm. or how can we prepare them? Mm. Yeah. So it's not just preparing them for their personal callings, but also for their generational callings. How does their calling fit within their generation and mm -hmm. how are we outworking God's plans 
with both of those. Yeah, and how are they going to lead that generation forward in such a time mm. as this? Mm. So, and the Bible talks about his plans being from generation to generation, and you can't raise leaders without knowing the plan. You can't yeah. lead them forward. So how can we know what his plans are? How can we know what his land is going to look like they're going to be and how do we know what people they're going to lead and what they're going to lead them through? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, and for all of us, this time we're going through right now is a learning experience for everyone. Um, and we need to be looking for those people that um, that are, are prophetic in nature, that are seeing a direction, mm. that are speaking about What's happening now? How does that pan out into the future? What does the Bible say is going to happen? How is what hap is happening now aligning us to move into those times that the Bible speaks about happening in the future? Um, these are all things that we should be wrestling with um, and really seeking to find some answers, not just from man, because if anything's if we've learned anything over the last few months <laughs> is that, you know, we need to be attuned to what God is saying, um, not just what man is saying. But, you know, we should all be really asking ourselves a lot of questions about these days that we're living in and how are we raising the next generation for what's to come. Mm. And there was a, um, a big clue that we heard a few years ago. There was a the heads of the major mission organisations met together and they issued a statement that this emerging generation can easily complete the Great Commission. Now, that should, as a Moses generation, as it were, give us a big clue as to what we're leading, raising these emerging leaders for. And, um, you know, if they can complete the Great Commission, we all know what that means. Mm. Yeah. They can see the return of Jesus. So we have a sort of a roadmap in the Bible, and that roadmap, we believe, means we have to take them to prepare them to lead the people from now to the return of the king. Mm. A great commission completing generation, a generation to stand through hard times, a generation to see the glory of God poured out, and so many dynamics. And yet if we if we look at the Bible and we read what's about to happen, if we take Matthew 24 as a huge mandate, we have some big clues as to how we can prepare mm. them to be as Joshua and lead them into the land that God has promised. Mm. And people listening may have different beliefs when it comes to eschatology or end times. Um, but... It, whatever your belief is, if you believe it's possible that this next generation could be the generation to see the Lord's return, to see the King return, to see Jesus come back, that should raise a lot of questions for you. Hmm. It's like, well, okay, if I believe that, whatever your end times theology is, hmm. well, then how are you preparing them for that, to get from today to that? Um Again, we should be asking a lot of questions about this stuff so that we know how it is that we're raising and training up this next generation, especially the younger leaders coming up after us so they can continue on after we've gone. Yeah, if we've gone. If we've gone. I mean, my goal is that Moses and Joshua enter the land together this time, but we will see what God's plans are. So, um, so yes, yeah, so I think we need to radically 
rethink, go back. What does the Bible say about raising the next generation of leaders? How does he say raise them? And what are we raising them for? And I take great heart from the example of Moses and Joshua. Mm. Like I said, it wasn't all perfect, but there was a lot about it that we can learn. And hopefully we can go back and um, think again, you know, how are we doing it? Now, it's not easy. I mean, it's far easier to, to just to have an interview and put them in a place and put them through a whole... Um, You've got these qualifications, you make you make the list. Go okay, to this fine. class, go to that class, and, and we hope you're going to make it in the end. And we'll chat with you and we'll, you know, we'll have coffee with you and things like that, which are good. But I think there's more to it. And, and giftings kind of come into that as well. Mm-hmm. Because if someone's super talented, super gifted in a certain area, yeah. qualified, yeah. we'll stick them into that position mm. when actually that, you know, so the gifting as well kind of comes into that well and i think the fact that um for the disciples and for joshua they had to learn to serve in fact they did serve Mm. you know joshua served moses and that's another interesting dynamic that if we're raising up the next generation of leaders they can serve us this isn't just a one-way blessing Mm. it 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 works both ways And, and i take the greatest delight in raising up the next generation, I probably gain more from it than they do. I hope that's not totally true, but it's not a trial. Yeah, and I think if you've got someone in leadership position who's not willing to be a server, that should raise quite a lot of alarm bells. Yeah. So, uh, in order to be in a leadership position, you would hope that person has no issues with also being a servant. Yeah. So. Yeah, so if you go back to when Moses, or when God chose Joshua, that might have been all that Moses saw. I'm not sure it wasn't, but it, that could have been all that he was. He was a young man who was who was a servant and who was probably a hard worker, which takes us back to character again. Mm. That he, God saw his character, but God saw, and He said to Moses, "There's a spirit of leadership in this young man." And I think at the end of the day, the end of the day and the beginning of the journey, it's like, who has God seen that there's a spirit of leadership in? And can we put aside our own way of thinking about it and our own way of looking at it and be able to see and hear who God says he wants to raise up? And it may take us by surprise, may take the church by surprise, but that's who God is, a God of surprises, and he will raise up these people and he will raise up the generation to prepare the next generation of leaders. And so, you know, I think Moses' life would have been much poorer without Joshua. Our lives would be much poorer without the next generation of leaders. And so my prayer is that for everybody listening, whatever sphere they're in, like you said at the beginning, whether it, that they would find that person who God is saying to them, bring them into your life, here is your Joshua, Mm. or whatever the female version of Joshua is. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, We will continue this generational discipleship um, message over a number of episodes, like I said at the beginning. So um, wherever you're listening, um, subscribe, subscribe, 
hit the like or leave us a comment or a review. We would love to hear from you. Um, and again, thank you so much for everyone going on this journey with us. We really appreciate it. And until next time, we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to this episode. If it inspired you, please rate us and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify, or another podcast platform.